0: Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. fourth verse, John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and there went out to him all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather girdle around his waist and gave locusts and wild honey and he preached saying after me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. i baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I could baptize a hundred people in this water, but Jesus is the one who comes and baptizes with the Spirit and makes the change in the heart. Okay, that's the key. These two girls have come to the decision point in their lives where they want, by outward sign, to say what is inwardly going on in their hearts, that they want to confess Christ as Savior and Lord. And so that's our joy to do that this morning. Let's bow together. Father, we pray that you would bless these two young girls as they grow in their faith, as they grow in understanding the significance more and more, year by year, of what they have done this morning. Help them to know they have a friend in me and the staff of this church and the people of this church to encourage them in that walk day by day. We're thankful, Lord, for the privilege we had to be able to be here, to be a part of this service. Go with us and guide us these things we ask in thy name. Amen. By the authority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and upon her profession of faith in Christ as her Savior and Lord, I baptize you, my sister Mackenzie Green, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Through the years, they will know the love, the support, the care, the understanding of this church family as they grow to maturity in faith, and as they look to you for examples day by day. Let's bow together. Bless this very special service this morning, Father. As our women lead, may Lord we just be inspired by their example, be inspired by their desire. To lead in the service today Go with us and guide us As we face the future These things we ask in thy name Amen
1: We welcome you to worship today uh, A while back Wesley said to me in transition When we were doing something else oh, Would your class be in charge of Women's Sunday And I said sure <laughs> And so about a month ago they said, y'all are in charge of Women's Sunday, and everybody in the class, we look like deers and headlights, deer in headlights. And, uh, but the Lord has worked in this. Uh, we are so glad to have all of you here today. Uh, our theme for today is All for You, Surrender, Sacrifice, and Serve. And as we started planning this, we're like, you know, who can speak? And the Lord has brought us two wonderful speakers today. Both who have been a part of our church at different times in uh, their lives, Hannah Poe and uh, and Amanda McBrayer. And many of you might not recognize Amanda's married name, but she is Mayada Scruggs' granddaughter, and she was Mandy Scruggs when she went to our church. And she'll tell you how long ago that was. But the Lord has brought them to us, and they're going to share with us today. Uh, We are going to do a little different on our two hymns today. We'll have an offertory hymn and a hymn of commitment. And as you notice, we don't have a choir and we don't have anybody up here to lead, but uh, we're going to sing with videos today. And the words will be on the screen. So you won't have to be looking down at your hymnal, and you can worship and look up to the Lord as you sing today. Uh, Jim did want me to mention in the bulletin, you know, uh, There's different uh, announcements. And remember that Susan's retirement luncheon is on the 22nd, and we want to all be here and honor her. And then Jim especially wanted me to remind our young adults about the supper and the meeting on the 21st. And Harry McKee's going to be cooking, and that would be enough for me to get me here. Uh, So we hope that you'll come out and let us know some different ways the church can serve you and provide opportunities for you. And we just hope that today... Uh, that everything we do here will be to worship our Lord.
2: Your insert in your bulletin today is your prayer prayer guide for eight days, today through next Sunday, concerning the Heck Jones offering for this uh, 2015 year. The Missionary Union of North Carolina uses the Hick Jones Offering to provide for the support of many ministries, and those ministries include opportunities for all ages. The women's groups, ACT teams, GAs, Mission Friends, RAs, Camp Munda Vista, which is for the G.A.s, Camp Angel Tree, Restorative Justice or Prison Ministry, the North Carolina Baptist Nursing Fellowship, Ministers' Spouses' Support. There is a military ministry for wives of those who are away from our country serving in other lands, Multicultural ministries, missions training and missions leadership training, and many others. But I wanted to mention quickly just two of those many others North Carolina Christians Women and Christian Men's Job Corps. That's something that most of us haven't even thought about being among those activities. The offering is Heck Jones, named for Fanny Exile Scudder Heck, who at age 24 was the first national Women's Missionary Union president, and she served for 30 years in North Carolina as well, so 15 national years coinciding with her 30 North Carolina years. The second name, Sally Bailey Jones, was 16 years of age when she became the first recording secretary of the North Carolina WMU. These women met and worked together in founding WMU in North Carolina at the First Baptist Church in Raleigh. Mrs. Jones followed Mrs. Heck, as the national WMU president upon the death of Fannie Hick. In 2007, North Carolina WMU reaffirms its autonomy as an auxiliary. Remember, an auxiliary works alongside of, but is not supported by the Southern Baptist Convention for the National or North Carolina so North Carolina's only funds come through the Heck Jones offering. This year's theme comes from uh, Mark 8:34 and of course we're emphasizing the word follow. Then he called the crowd to him along with the disciples and said, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me." The end gathering for the Heck Jones offering is to be February 22nd, but any offerings are welcomed throughout the month of February. Thank you.
3: We lift the cross, lift it high, lift it high. We lift the cross, lift it high, lift high. We lift the cross, lifted high. Lifted high. lift it high.
4: Good morning. May I see all the children down front for the children's message, please? All the children. Great. I have treat bags. <laughs> I have treat bags. <laughs> wow. good morning. So good to see all these bright shining faces this morning. I consider it an honor to to share with you this morning about the message of surrender. I want to thank the girls this morning for sharing a very powerful message in the form of interpretive movement using white flags. Now what Do you think those white flags are all about? What does a white flag mean? Anyone? During the worship service this morning, we're going to hear the word surrender very much. What do you think the word surrender means? If you're playing a game with a friend, and maybe you're losing that game, and we all know that sometimes we'll lose, right? We won't always win. You might say, I surrender. Or this is fun. You might be arm wrestling with your dad or your mom, or your brother or sister. Arm wrestling's a lot of fun, isn't it? And you might try, try, try. Push that strong arm down, but no matter how hard you try, you just can't do it. You give up. You might say, I surrender. I surrender. When you say surrender, you give up. When we surrender to Jesus, we say to Jesus, I want you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to come into my life. I want you to be my Savior, my Lord, my teacher, and my guide. And when you surrender to Jesus, he'll come into your life, and he'll just bless you. He loves you so much, and he wants you to surrender to him. Surrendering to Jesus will be the most important choice you will ever make for each one of you and for all of us here. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the gift of these children, and Lord, we just ask that we live our lives in such a way to point them to you, Lord. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for loving us. And, Lord, we pray one day that each one of these children will surrender their lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
5: As the girls come down, I want you to pay close attention to the front of your bulletin. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And then the second part of that is, Love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm using the words for our offertory prayer today from David Bell. So would you please pray with me? Oh God, you call us to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We seek to focus on you as our highest priority. Help us make lifestyle decisions based on your commandments. We, your kingdom seekers, offer you you, this money as a means of placing you first in our lives. May these gifts provide ministries of love and compassion to our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
6: So fall on Jesus.
7: Good morning <clears throat> my name is amanda scruggs mcbrayer um i am the granddaughter of horace mayada scruggs the daughter of their oldest son Hal, um, and i just want to say congratulations to miss susan wherever you're at because i remember you many years ago being here at this church with always a smiling face and um I also want to say um, congratulations to the girls who were baptized this morning. Um, About 31 years ago here in this very church, I was also baptized. I had went to GA camp down here at uh, Garden Web and um, received Christ. And then we um, came and followed through, and I got baptized. And so anyway, that's sort of the roots that I have where my roots of Christianity started is right here in this church. Um, I have, I have to say thanks to Miss Teresa Huggins, because she would used to come and pick me and my sister up and bring us to church on Sunday mornings. And, uh, Miss Catherine Hamrick, she took me to my first big picture show up in Shelby, and it was with her boys and my brother, Star Wars. (laughs) So, (laughs) and I probably remember others of you if I just, you know, think back enough, but it's been a long time. So, um, first of all, um, I'm going to read some scripture. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. These are the scriptures that I have to live by every day. And y'all have to forgive me. I'm a little bit emotional today because I have been so blessed already um, this morning with this service. Because surrender is what we have to do in our everyday lives to Christ, just to get through. Um, I could go through many years of, you know, ups and downs. I was, I've been thinking about this all week, and you know, the Lord told me, you know, I guess you know, life is like a maze. You never know what's around that next corner, and um, so there's many corners and bins in my maze of life, but there's a few that are a little more um, outstanding than the others, I guess. Um, I Actually, the other two weeks ago, I think it was, I saw Darlene at um, a pancake breakfast that her I, your son, it was it, I, and um, I've got some friends and their sons um, wrestle and so that's how I saw Darlene and that's how I ended up here today, but um, that was another turn in my maze of life. (laughs) Anyway, um, I guess the the most um, important thing is, you know, I am a Christian. God did save me. I have not always been a church member. Um, After I got baptized here around the age of nine, um, my mom and dad had divorced whenever I was around seven. And then around the age of ten we moved and I didn't go to church anymore for... A long time. Um, I would go occasionally here and there with friends or whatever, but I always, you know, I always knew that, that God was important and I needed to pray and you know and walk for Him. You know, um, my—I uh, guess this is my sixteenth birthday and going to get my driver's license and all that stuff. My, my husband's birthday is the day after mine, so guess who I met at the driver's license place. I actually knew him at school, but we, you know, we started talking at the driver's license place. So anyway, um, we've been married for 20 years now, almost 21, and uh, we have four beautiful children. Well, those children are the miracles of my life every day. Um, we didn't think we could have kids. We dated for five years. We got married. We're married for five years before we had our oldest son, Seth, and, um, then, after that, it was every two years, boom, boom,. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, hold on. So we had our third child, Sadie, and we thought we were you know done with having kids and then my best friend in the whole world is my sister, and so I told Brad, I said, "You know, I'd like to try to give Sadie a sister. I said, there's no guarantee, but you know we'll pray real hard, maybe it'll happen." Well, sure enough, it did. And um we had our fourth child, Mason. And she's a little. It's a little girl, and um, but while I was pregnant with Mason, around 18 weeks, when everybody goes and gets their ultrasound, and you know everybody's excited, you want to know what it is. Well, I didn't get such good results. Then I mean, I found out what it was, and we were excited. But the next day, they call and tell me that there's something wrong, that we need to go to Charlotte to have um, extensive ultrasound done because they had she had cysts on her brain, and this is um, often turns into what's called trisomy 18 and that she could possibly die immediately after birth and so i just remember um i was in the closet hanging my son's clothes up and i just remember just stopping right there in the closet and just falling and praying and um about five months later four or five months later mason was born perfectly fine nothing wrong and so, you know, that's just one of many things that God has done for me in my life. Um, I tell Mason all the time, she has three little white streaks in the top of her head, and I tell her that's where God kissed her and made her all better, because she did have three cysts on her brain. And um, so anyway, she, she's my little miracle kid, too. All my kids are, because, I mean, I just believe that every child is a miracle of God, um, And then whenever Mason was seven weeks old, we spent a week at Asheville's Mission. She had RSV. She couldn't she could barely breathe. And so after that, you know, I just thought the whole time we were out there, Lord, is this what this year's gonna be? Is two thousand and nine gonna be a terrible year or is it gonna be good, you know? Well, February came, February left. It was great. March came, March left. Well, March the last week in March, Brad and my oldest son Seth they went to um, they were going to revival at um, Pleasant View up in Far City, and Seth was nine years old at the time. And for a nine-year-old to look at you and beg to go to church, go to preaching services, I was like, Hallelujah, something is going right here. So you know, but I had worked all week and I wasn't getting to go to these services, and I did hair. I've done hair for over 20 years. Um, But so I was, by Thursday, I was like, well, you know, I'd like to sit down at supper with my family and have supper. Because we always eat supper together. And so Brad said, well, I won't go. And I said, okay, well, that just, you know, I planned supper and I knew what we was going to do. And that was on Thursday morning. Well, Thursday around 2 o'clock, I leave to go, me and Sadie leave to go and Mason, because Sadie was not in school yet. We leave to go pick Seth and Jaron up at school. Well, everything was fine. Mason was four months old. Um, I had been up all night long painting Sadie's bedroom, you know, to make it a big girl bedroom. And um, on the way home, I blacked out. Um, I was 30 yards from my driveway. I ran off the road and um, sideswiped a tree and cut my left arm completely off. Um, being a hairdresser, it's hard to do hair with one, one hand. You know, we are a two-income family, always have been. Um, and so that is whenever God became very real to me in my life. Uh, I can sit here and talk about this for days and days, but I don't want to take up all your time. So, um, so to make a long story short, my neighbor at the time was uh, Clayton King, and Seth and Jaron had, you know, they knew Clayton very well. And so Seth... He looks at me and says, Mama, what's going on? And I said, I don't know. You know, because at the time, I was just, I mean, it was like that. Well, I said, just go get help. So Seth and Jaron and Sadie all got out of the car, went for help. Seth ran a half a mile and knocked on the door. And the way God works is, you know, he puts everybody right in place, right when they need to be there. Clayton was not even supposed to be home. He had just come in from uh, Utah, I believe he said it was, from a, a... Revival thing he was doing out there And he was actually going to stay in Charlotte After he got off the plane and have lunch with a friend And he decided he'd come on home He'd been home about 10 minutes And he said and I heard a knock on the door He said Seth was not even winded Well you know If I ran as hard as I could for a half a mile You might as well just you're going to have to Scoop me up because I'm just going to be dead But, <laughs> but anyway And so Clayton came And he he kind of took charge of the situation, and um, he's the reason, he's, with God's help, he's the reason I have a left arm today, because the medics were not going to take it with them. They said there's nothing they can do, and that's where, um, as I was coming here, I was reading over my scriptures, and I was like, well, hmm, you know, I saw this scripture, and it says, um, your wound is incurable, your injury beyond healing, and that's exactly what they told me at Cleveland Regional, there's nothing we can do for you. Um, But God reassures us that he will restore our health and heal our wounds um, and that he has done. Um, I was in the hospital for 40 days. Um, I fought MRSA. I had six surgeries in five weeks. Um, I didn't see my baby girl, but twice the whole time I was in the hospital. And by the time when I went in the hospital, she was four months, almost five. And whenever I got out, she was six months. So, you know, right at six months. um, I was a breastfeeding mother. I had to cold turkey quit. Just, you know, and I have a wonderful sister who took care of, helped me with the care that that takes. You mothers know what that is. And, you know, that's, uh, she was my last child, and I wanted to just hold on to that. You know, and that's a, you know, as a mother, you want to hold on to your kids being babies forever. But that didn't happen for me. But God has a plan for me. And so his plan was being fulfilled. We never know what our plan is, and that's why I say life is like a maze. You don't know what is going to happen whenever you turn that next bend of tomorrow. But um, so anyway, I come out of the hospital, and I came home, and I had a welcoming committee. I had my entire family, which consists of about 40 people. And then I had my whole entire church family, who on the night of my accident— had gathered about two hundred and fifty people to pray for me while I was in prayer in uh, surgery um, they did Shelby sent me to Charlotte, I skipped that part, but Shelby sent me to Charlotte and the doctor comes and he says do you want me to put your arm back on? well back at the rec scene I had prayed God if you want me to have my arm back I'll take it but if you don't then I'll deal with it um, I have a nephew who is, at the time was nine years old, who had um, gestational diabetes, I mean, not gestational, juvenile di- diabetes, um, full-blown. He's on an insulin pump to this day. Um, I have a nephew, my sister's son, was born blind in his right eye. Um, I have a sister-in-law who is uh, mentally handicapped. So all these people leave, lead normal, everyday functioning lives. And they don't think twice about it. You know, they just do it. So. I figure if they can do it, I can do it, with God's help, of course. Well, so then, um, of course, they did the surgeries. They put my arm back on. Um, They wouldn't tell me until I left the hospital that I'm possibly going to keep my arm. Um, They did tell me that MRSA could flare up at any time in my life, and I could lose my arm. Um, Whenever you're 35 years old and you get this kind of news, you're like, well, I'm kind of attached to that arm. You know, I've had it for 35 years, you know? So, um, anyway, God saw fit that I had it back, that I have it back. Um, I did not have use of my arm for two and a half years. Um, And I still don't have complete use of my hand, but I do have use of my arm. Um, But the first year after I had my accident, um, I kind of slumped into a little—nobody knew it because I put on a good front. But when I was home by myself, I went into a deep, like— Just very, very, you know, poor, pitiful me state. And um, that's where the scripture, I will surely save you out of a distant place, comes into play. There was many times that I would think, you know, I just might as well end it all. I'm tired. I don't, because I still had to go on and do my everyday laundry. Laundry for six people is a whole bunch. Every day. Cooking, cleaning. I done everything. um, Because that's my will. Because had I not then I would just, you know, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, Mason would come in every time that I would start thinking like that, needing something. So I believe that God saved her for that purpose. Um, I have not went back to doing hair. I did hair for 16 full years in my own shop. Um, I am thinking about going back to doing hair. Um, I can do men's hair, but I don't. I don't do it a whole lot because I'm I'm actually a teacher's assistant at Cliffside Elementary School. I went back to school because I knew that, you know, we had to become a two-income family again, and I needed to find a job that I could do. Um, And I enjoy it every day. There's so many children that just, you know, you just love them, and you love them and they get on your nerves all at the same time. So those of you who are teachers understand that. Um, I could really go on and on and on, but... um, the thing, My message for you is that God is real. And in any situation that you have, you just need to cling to God because He will carry you through. And He has carried me through many, many days. It's been six years coming in April. April 2nd will be six years. And I see every day something that He's helped me with. Every day. And, I mean, as the years go on, it gets better. But then again, some days, on bad days are bad days, and everybody has bad days. And those are the days that I have to cling to him the most um thank you for having me i hope that what something i've said has gave you some courage or you know just all i want is for god's word to be um given through me but um i know that you know god is real and um if you want to see proof after the service i can show you a scar that goes from here to here so you know and that's my living proof so thank you so much for having me
8: You can't tell us so the peace when you your trouble and strife he sees the sparrow that falls to the ground and he hears the tears that don't make a sound if you only knew how precious you are in his sight. Peace for peace when your world gets shattered.
9: It's a privilege to be with you on this Women's Sunday. I find it interesting that in 2009, before our whole family went back to Africa for a a family mission trip, we stood before you. And I don't think it's coincidence that we're before you again today. And we're returning in just two weeks as a family to go back to Africa for a mission trip, and we need you, and God knew that. And I want to thank you, because many times I visualize it as I'm standing on your shoulders, peeking into a country that you can't see, but I can't see it without standing on your shoulders. Or maybe it's a balloon floating really, really high, and you're holding the string so that I can get back home. I enjoyed hearing about the Fannie Heck Jones offering. Anytime I prepare to speak out of silly tradition, I sit down with some of my grandmother's writings and my mother's writings and a letter from Fannie Heck dated in 1901 that was sent to my great-grandfather thanking him for the first dollar to the mission's might offering, which we believe is the Fannie Heck Jones offering. We need your prayer support for our upcoming trip. And it's amazing what one woman who prays the difference she can make. Think of Esther, Rahab, Ruth, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, Fanny Heck. Each one made a difference by surrendering Sacrificing and serving. And that's the Women's Day theme this year. It's amazing what one woman can do and the circumstances she can do it in. When we surrender, sacrifice, and serve. Let me ask you a question How much of a connection is there between the women I just named and you or me? the women in your life, the women in your community? Can you think of a woman who's made a significant difference in your life or in the life of others? I'm looking at a few right here that I've come to know. In general, as women, we like to share recipes. And I make what I call the Hannah Banana bread. Sometimes it has nuts, and sometimes it doesn't, because some of my friends are nutty enough. The almost rotten bananas that you add to the recipe are not that appealing. But once you start to add the flour and the sugar, it yields the most amazing banana bread. And Jesus shares a recipe with us in Mark eight thirty four. Some ingredients are not the most appealing, but when you mix it all together, it works. Jesus said, If any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Right in that verse, you hear surrender, sacrifice, and serve. And surrender and sacrifice were very similar, so I wanted to look up the definitions. And really, what I found more interesting was the antonyms. When you surrender, the opposite of surrender is to fight. And I just visualize uh, flying a plane, and God's supposed to be in the, the pilot or the co-pilot seat, and I'm fighting him. I want to drive. I want to drive. I want control. And that's how I look at surrender. And God shows us his way when we surrender our selfish ways. Sacrifice, uh, the opposite of that was to hold on to. And I started to think, well, how can you pick up that cross daily if your hands are clenched holding on to something else? So empty hands have room to pick up the cross. And you sacrifice by taking up your cross daily, sometimes nailing our selfish desires to the cross for the greater good. Serving is like following. It's emulating the very nature and behavior of Jesus Surrender, sacrifice, serve. Turn from our selfish ways, pick up our cross, and follow him. I was asked to share about our experience with missions, and we've been going back and forth to Africa for missions since 1997. We lived there from 2005 to 2007 with our children, and will return in two weeks for a two-week mission trip. And still, my experience comes with great feelings of fear and inadequacy. I remember one time going to help with an orphanage, and I was going with another couple. One was a caterer, one was a carpenter, my husband was a computer guru at the time, and then there was me. And we're helping in this orphanage, and we're trying to you know, feed them so the caterer can figure, what quantities do you have to buy? How do you have to break it up and feed each child and the nutritional value? There's a hole in the roof. The carpenter obviously was going to be fixing that. They had a computer that had a lot of issues. My husband could handle that. And I was sitting on that plane, and I don't know why it didn't dawn on me till then, like, what was I going for? Why was I on that plane? And when I got there, the children started to call me Mama Hannah. And I knew how to do that. I had two little boys at home. I knew how to bathe children. I knew how to feed them. I knew how to tuck them into bed and hug and kiss them. What did I have to offer? When we moved to Africa, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, again, I had feelings of inadequacy and fear. And I wondered what qualified me to go. My husband had a divinity degree. He had been ordained in the ministry. And then God spoke to my heart while reading Acts. Acts 3.6, Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Jesus Christ is what I have. It's the most wonderful thing I have to give. The same thing that changed my life, believing that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. It's what I have to give. It's the most long-lasting and life-impacting thing I can give. One day, the word ministries leaped off the page at me. I saw many tries. I hope you can see that in the very back. But that, I think that's how you spell ministry. I'm a bad speller, but I saw many tries. And I thought, that's it. That's all we can do is a bunch of little many tries for God. A little for with, with God in it is a lot. And he can multiply our efforts like the loaves and the fishes. And Mother Teresa knows that as good as anybody. And she even said, We can do no great things, only small things with great love. Let me tell you quickly about our family's upcoming mini tries for the Lord. February 19th through March 6th, we'll return to Swaziland, Africa. And Swaziland is a third world country, it's the size of New Jersey. Technically, its name is the Kingdom of Swaziland because it does have a king. He's about my age, and it's number one in the world for AIDS, HIV, AIDS, and TB. We will be giving out Baptist Global Relief Buckets, BGR Buckets. They're hospice buckets, and they're filled with simple medical and hygiene supplies for the caregivers and those who are terminally ill and or dying of AIDS. They contain things like chapstick, uh, socks, latex gloves, changing pads, and sheets that the people will be buried in. Who gets the bucket? These persons are identified by a local pastor and a health health clinic person. The local pastor will travel with us to the mud thatch. It's a mud hut with thatched roof, most typically those the homes that look like. And we get to share the word of God. We will get to sing and pray with the families, and we will leave a Bible in their Saswati language. And I'm asking you today, please pray that we make the gospel message plain and that new hearts will surrender. Last year, I delivered buckets, and upon arrival to one home, it was too late. The girl had died the day before. The family offered me the opportunity to hold her baby, and we sang, and we prayed, and we cried together. And again, I found myself at a loss for what to say and do. It's not for everybody. You don't have to cross the seas to see the cross. You don't have to be qualified to follow Jesus. You can have feelings of inadequacy and fear with every step. And then sometimes it's in all of those imperfections that the very thing that allows us to let God shine through us are those cracks that life has created. How do you do what you do? It wears me out to think about leading a children's Sunday school class. Sing in the choir, being a scout leader, a school counselor, a teacher. That takes surrender, sacrifice, and service. What about a dentist or a physician, those who've lost loved ones and those who have recovered from trauma? How do we surrender, sacrifice, and serve? Or in Jesus's recipe, turn from our selfish ways, pick up our cross, and follow him. Just having the recipe doesn't make us a follower of Jesus. May I suggest that we follow the recipe like any other? One step at a time. St. Francis of Assisi is quote, says start by doing what is necessary. Then do what's possible. And suddenly you're doing the impossible. One woman plus one recipe and suddenly you're doing the impossible. Surrender, sacrifice, and service one step at a time. It's been a privilege to be with you today and feel the presence of the Lord in the songs and in the words and in the sharing. I have a bucket Project hospice kits little pamphlets. If you're interested in looking into that don't look in my bucket. It's really dirty It's been in the garage a long time, but appreciate the opportunity to share and I appreciate your prayer support for our upcoming trip Thank you very much for inviting me and our family to be with you today
0: It's been a great service today felt the Spirit of the Lord through the music, through everything that's happened, the baptism of the one have spoken. Lord, I think you been honored in all of this. And uh, you may be here this morning, you want to join this church for another, you may be here this morning, you want to send Jesus Christ or God, or God, or God. Now is the time to do it. We're going to have a video. We're going to do it. You got that ready? Yes. There you go. We're going to be doing all the Jesus I I think you're familiar with that, so let's all stand together, and God has placed a decision on your heart, I'm down here. Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs,
5: North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.